alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 89th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Um, you know, so there's a weird conundrum I'm noticing here. So I started my new job. Obviously, I was very tired. One of the workers I met there had just came back from Florida on their vacation, and mm-hmm. she said it was like 40 degrees for several days, right? And here it's been like 45 plus. So what the fuck's going on? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been kind of cold here. So during the day, for the past three days, it's gotten down to about 60s. And at night, though, it's been in the 30s and 40s. So, so I don't know. It's a little <laughs> weird. I went to the bar last night, and it was pretty fucking cold out. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's we. it kind of like lightly snowed last night, but it's like melted now. The temperature's been pretty nice you know the morning's like 20 degrees but still for december in minnesota usually you'd expect snow and it to be a lot colder so i guess 2020 is getting even weirder yeah maybe you guys will be really nice and warm and the fucking sun belt will be cold <laughs> and shitty that'd be kind of funny i would have sucked for me but you know i'm like well that's kind of weird but then i remember my mom has said before there's been years like in the 60s or 70s where it's like it won't snow all winter, and then all of a sudden in, like, fucking March, it'll be just pounding snow and just won't end till summer. So yeah, who fucking knows what's going to happen? But uh, we're almost at the end. We have, what, when this comes out, two weeks left, three weeks left? Yeah, we're coming up on fucking Christmas and New Year's now. So hopefully everyone enjoys their fucking quarantined uh, Christmas out there, depending on where you live. Unless you live in a don't give a fuck state like I do, and you just do whatever you want. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to complain because one of the best Christmases we I ever had, and I think you were here too. We had uh, Chinese food when we couldn't go for Christmas, so that was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, that pounding blizzard that we had that year. Fuck yeah, yeah. I remember that. (laughs) So, Phil, what did uh, before we get in the episode? What did you want to talk about? Oh, uh, well, most of the stuff we'll probably end up talking about on Patreon. So, I was actually. Um, I don't know if you have Lyft or Uber, which one you prefer, but you know how it shows you the little picture of the driver who's coming to pick you up, right? Yeah, yeah. So I open up my phone when it finally like finds me a driver. It was probably 12, 20 at night or in the morning uh, when I went out to the bars last night. And I open my phone and look at the dude and it was uh, it was just some normal looking guy. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But he was like 16 minutes away. And it immediately said, oh, re, you know, rerouting, trying to find you a new driver who's closer. And once it found me the new driver, I looked at the dude and I was like, holy shit, Ed Kemper has a brother and he drives for <laughs> So that was pretty fucking interesting. Oh, my God. It's the God. first time I've ever had a fucking Lyft driver that I didn't speak to at all. He scared and, you that much. Well, yeah. Like the, he just had that weird vibe to him, like that ah. weird aura, that kind of, that kind of, uh, you know when you're around like somebody's dog and it's not like a normal playful dog, it's kind of like a it kind of starts acting weird, kind of like one of those situations. Okay. It's a cat. No. Actually better, my it's a cat. Like oh. a a cat that like acts really funny, like it's seeing ghosts. That's kind of how this guy acted a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, did he didn't tell you you have a pretty head, did you? Did he? No, he said other weird shit, but on the Patreon episode, I'll talk more okay, about it. Okay, yeah, well, I know some people will definitely be interested in hearing about the potential uh, Ed Kemper lookalike that picked you up that particular night. Yeah, the whole time I'm just thinking like, God, thank God I'm not a chick. This dude is probably super disappointed that he's not just picking up some <laughs> fucking random like drunk chick. Like, I imagine that's why he was driving a Lyft at fucking 1230 at night on a Saturday. Well, how far were you from ASU? How far am I from ASU? Well, I oh, mean, at um, that time. It's the next. So Gilbert, Mesa. Gilbert and Mesa are right next to Tempe. So we're probably, 
he could have been stationed there or Scottsdale. Scottsdale's pretty much like the big party place for all the younger people. So okay. he's probably if he's the serial killery type, he's probably more trying to get around Scottsdale. But Lyft and Uber, they'll send drivers like out to crazy places, like far from their homes. So Well, the good news is is far as I know, there's only been like I don't even think a driver's killed anybody, the Uber. I think it was always the passengers um, since that company started. So hopefully yeah. nothing ever happened. Hopefully we don't hear about some random serial killer in Phoenix, Arizona in the next 10 years. But uh, but I, I don't know. That's uh, I feel you, man. That would be that probably creep me out a little bit, too. <clears throat> yeah, he was pretty fucking creepy. He was he like right when I got in. So I, I, I show up. I'm wearing my mask and. Right when I get in, he looks back at me. He's not wearing a mask. He's like, ugh. And he like goes to put his fucking mask on. It's like, dude, you're supposed to be the one bitching at me to put on a mask. <laughs> you fucking big wow. dope. Wow. What the fuck? Yeah. That's fucking wild. Jeez. All right. We'll talk about that more on the Patreon. Anyway, let's uh, let's get in here. Now, this week, I'm going to be talking about a particular subject that has been of high interest to me for quite a long time. And that is the correlation between aliens and nuclear weapons or nuclear anything, I guess. I want to try to get us into a discussion about what the fuck, why are they so interested in it? And strangely enough, there's quite a few stories, uh, particularly at Air Force bases, it seems like. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of sad you never were able to witness a UFO wherever you were stationed, but... uh, I don't that think, I know of. Yeah, that you know of. But uh, some of these bases, I'll be curious if you know about them at all once we get to them. Okay. Yeah. They. Uh, I mean, one of the bases that I was stationed at did at one time have nuclear weapons, and they supposedly got rid of them. Really? Because there was a bunch of protests back in the early 2000s and late 90s. So they, they told the locals that they got rid of them. There was a rumor that they might not have gotten rid of them. But that's always they always have rumors. So, well, it seems like like some of these places I'm going to be talking about the at the time that the aliens or whatever they are, are like there. People aren't aware that there is nuclear weapons there outside of the military, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, so not every base makes public the fact that they have nuclear weapons there. So, right. So that, that brings up the good question. How the hell does a flying object know that they're there. So I I don't know. We'll get into it. But uh, the real question I have is, why are the aliens so interested in the world's nuclear weapons of mass destruction? Could it be they are just simply intrigued by what humanity has created, or are they secretly disarming said nuclear weaponry because they understand how quickly we can turn our beautiful planet Earth into nothing more than a fucking nuclear wasteland. And additionally, are our militaries openly concerned about extraterrestrial interference with their weaponry? What do you think? Uh, well, first of all, I think this, in my opinion, the same reason that the aliens would try to either disarm or steal or disable, whatever you want to say, these nuclear weapons, it's the same reason why if you have a toddler, it's the same reason why if you have a toddler and you see them playing with a lighter, you take it away from them right away. It's <laughs> for the exact same reason. You don't want them to burn the house down. True. So. See, that's kind of my belief system as well. Like they're they're kind of like maybe they understand from a personal perspective how dangerous these weapons can be, you know. The nuclear thing outside of just killing people is like you basically just ruin that entire plot of land that it strikes, right? So it's yes. how many years is it before the radiation goes away from a nuclear bomb? What's oh the half life? Yeah. Um it's so for a nuclear bomb, it is if you have like so if if you have like a nuclear waste, like from a factor, like from a nuclear power plant, I know that that nuclear waste is radioactive for like thousands of years, but I think like Hiroshima and Nagasaki um, because of like all of the elements and, you know, wind and rain and all that stuff. I think that they can actually be livable after like, I think it was like 40 or 50 years. People are actually like moving back into those areas. Okay. All right. That's, uh, I guess that's good. I wonder like 
when will you be able to move back to Chernobyl? I wonder. Oh God, that's <laughs> that's well, that's that's it's not a nuclear bomb. That one no. was where the facility had a meltdown and it got into the groundwater and it, you know, the core of it actually went down into the earth. So Ooh. I would, I mean, it's going to be like thousands of years, maybe the, before people can, or hundreds of years, at least before people can move back in there. They, they call that the elephant's foot, right? The, the elephant. Oh yes. Yeah. And isn't it like, if you even go near it, you might, you'll turn into a fucking ghoul from goddamn fallout four. You'll look like a marshmallow <laughs> yeah. after, like, you forgot it in the fire for, like, three <laughs> seconds too long. Like, oh, I don't even want that anymore. Like, I thought you're it, all burnt on the outside and gooey on the inside. I, I thought I've heard they can't even, like, take pictures of it because you can't even get that close to it or else you're just fucking toast. Well, I, w- I wonder, like, the old time, the old timey, like, film that they used to use for cameras, if that shit would have melted, but... <laughs> I honestly wouldn't have doubted it. But uh, continuing on here. Now, I'm going to start off with a question we I want to ask is, are the aliens not only interested in nukes, but have they been interested in humanity's warfare for a long time? Now, eventually, I'm just going to kind of briefly mention some of these scenarios, but eventually I want to kind of go over on another episode, like particular wars and all their UFO sightings, because it seems like, they're around when that type of shit's going on. Take, for example, late during World War II, U.S. airmen witnessed strange flying crafts emitting orange lights they would later call the Foo Fighters. We we kind of know this. I figured we'll probably do a whole episode on them because they're like, to me, it seems like they're very unique overall in the uh, UFO sightings thing. Don't, don't you remember kind of hearing about them? Like, they're just... A lot weirder than anything you've ever heard before. Yeah, so there was uh, the Foo Fighters during World War II. We also did that episode on World War One, like the strange shit that happened during that mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, yeah, there is a sh- there's a shit ton of these sightings. It's I, there's kind of a there's a few different theories. I don't know if you're going to go into them. Um, one of them is that they're future humans. And they're kind of like it's almost like a fucking magic school bus type situation <laughs> where they they take their little time travel device. They borrow the keys from Barry Satiro. They take their time travel device and go back and look at these old wars and these old like big events in human history. Like Obama's inauguration, they claim that uh, there was those little probes. Um, right. I remember that. Saw in the sky. So it's almost like a like a historical fucking field trip that they're taking. That's what one of the 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 explanations is what if that was Barry Satiro from the future visiting Barry Satiro's inauguration that is weird <laughs> if it was if it was Barack Obama's alter ego Barry Satiro coming back in time to revisit Barack Obama's greatest achievement yeah. I mean, the be moment awesome. that he was the moment that he was both in charge of the legitimate and the background government. That'd be great. <laughs> During the Korean War, some soldiers claimed a blue-green light emitting pulsing rays made their whole battalion sick with what to some resembled radiation poisoning. So unless they had some sort of new weaponry, I don't know. That's a very weird... I don't know. Why would they interfere with that? Like, why would an alien interfere with that, I wonder? Yeah, I don't know. It might have been their explanation for if they all kind of snuck out of the fucking post and went and visited some (laughs) hordes the night before, or maybe gotten some fucking rotten kimchi. That could be. Uh, Let me rephrase that. All kimchi is rotten, but (laughs) not made in the correct way, I guess. It's funny. We were just, uh, I was just talking about kimchi and how I can never seem to find one that I like. Yeah, well, that's the problem. All kimchi tastes fucking terrible. So that's the reason why. They also, I've had friends who were in Korea. They were also talking about the beer they drink there. It's more like moonshine. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because that's just what they like to drink, I guess. But like the, um, I forgot what it's called, but I haven't, I haven't thought of that word in so long. But it's more, what, what they drink over there is more like moonshine. I'm sure somebody listening is going to fucking send it in. <laughs> Not but, sake. No, it's not sake. That's Japanese rice wine. Um, I forgot. I totally forgot what it's called. But they, uh, yeah, they love that shit over there. Like when the Americans, and then if the Americans make friends with the bartenders, the bartenders always want from the base AFI's store, 
the BX, they always want fucking Red Bull. Like, bring me a crate <laughs> of Red Bull because they, you know, it's it's hard to get over there. Interesting. Now, like here, energy drinks, you can't not get them everywhere you go. They're literally fucking everywhere. Yeah, like 10 to 15 years ago, I mean, you wouldn't have had a really difficult time finding them, but it's way easier now. They're fucking, you can get them basically anywhere. Well, I think like 25% of the cooler section at every gas station is dedicated to energy drinks. Yeah, even when you go to the grocery store and they have those coolers for like right next to the candy for like the last second, like you sure you don't want a soda (laughs) or a water or something. Now it's all energy drinks. You can't even find like a fucking Sprite anymore. Now, I'm going to tell you this next story. This one I find really crazy. I don't really know if it's true or not, but apparently in 1968, an American patrol boat full of soldiers reported seeing two glowing circular crafts following them in the demilitarized zone that separated North and South Vietnam. What is really interesting is apparently a second patrol boat that was right behind that first one that reported the sighting witnessed the mysterious object in the sky release a bright bright flash and then all of a sudden that fucking first boat just blew to smithereens. So, uh, I I don't know. What the hell would that be? Yeah, that is fucking crazy. Uh, The demilitarized zone in South Vietnam. North and South Vietnam. Yeah. So... God damn, that would have been right when the the war was like at its fucking highest, I think. I the mean, um it could be a bomb or something I suppose, but I don't know. It's just so it seems like the first boat called it into headquarters or whoever talking about these crafts and then whoever was following them that fucking thing just blew up. Just crazy. Yeah, I wonder God, that's weird. You'd think you would have heard more about it. I've never mm-hmm. heard that story before. I haven't either, but I do know that in as far as Vietnam goes, I feel like there's a lot of UFO stuff attached to it. I swear I've heard a lot of Vietnam and like UFO stuff. Yeah, I always do wonder about when you hear a lot of the war stories, uh-huh. like the food fighters and all of that. I do wonder if it might just be like battle nerves. Yeah. Or yeah. You know, you're you're constantly out looking for looking for bad guys, looking for bad guys. The difference is Vietnam you weren't seeing the bad guys. You weren't seeing the Viet Cong or the, you know, you weren't the North Viet, the NVA because they were always hiding like in the jungle or hiding in their tunnels, whatnot. So I wonder if they just started seeing shit sometimes. Yeah, I get extra paranoid. you're constantly on the lookout. Yeah, extra paranoid. Extra paranoid. Well, okay, let's let's dive into the first event with aliens and nukes here. Now, the first report of said phenomena started way back in 1948 around facilities in Los Alamos and Sandia, New Mexico, which were both atomic laboratories, although I kind of presume at the time most of the world didn't know what these facilities were being used for. I'm I would that'd be my guess. Are you familiar with either of these sites? Los Alamos, I've heard like a million times. Sandia, I know I've heard that once or twice, but not it's yeah, it's not as uh, prevalent in my mind as Los Alamos is. That's the one where every every single alien, you know, everyone who claims to know that they know shit about aliens always claims to be like, oh, I worked at Los Alamos, but don't look for me in the records because it's not going to be there, you know, or something like that. Okay, so you have some uh, liars basically yeah possibly i mean not all not not all alien ufo you know truthers are liars no but the the ones who are actually telling the truth are definitely caught up in the flack from the liars though that's the thing you have people who are telling the truth and you have like so many liars and disinformation people that it kind of clouds everything and you feel like you can't trust any of it yeah well the liars are there to try to propel the story some of them are mentally ill some of them are (laughs) some of them really just want the fame some of them want to propel the idea that there are aliens who are the liars there's also the the disinformation agents who are kind of like descended like put upon like the movement to try to put up flack like these crazy stories that just instantly get proven false then it's like oh all these stories must be false so the the people who are actually telling the truth like the small, small percentage of the, you know, truther people mm-hmm. who are actually telling the truth 
sound like fucking loons. Yeah. Because of all of this bullshit all around them. The goddamn Tullus again. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, following declassified documents that were acquired much later on, in 1948 itself, people around those labs started seeing, quote, green fireballs in the sky. Uh, very interesting. In 1950, there were reports of flying saucers that were estimated to be around 50 feet in diameter near the Los Alamos lab. According to the workers at these labs, witnessing strange crafts or phenomena was a fairly common occurrence. So it's kind of like, I don't know, do you just get so used to seeing weird things kind of watching what you're doing there? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I don't think you would ever really get used to seeing like weird flying saucers or big green fireballs in the sky. I don't think you could ever get used to seeing that. But yeah, I mean, if you just I wonder if they were like allowed to talk about it with the other workers there or if everyone just kind of shut their mouths. I mean, a lot of this just seems like people talk about it, but it doesn't leave the base. You know what I mean? Yeah, or if you talk about it to the wrong person, then all of a sudden it's like, well, you're crazy. You can't work here anymore. Like, Okay, what year did Roswell happen? uh, 47. 47. So that's within three years. uh, That's pretty, I mean, obviously that's New Mexico as well. And that's just kind of like, I don't know. It's a lot of like incidences that occurred within this one time period there. Yeah, but the whole, like the whole Southwest region, like, Nevada, New Mexico, like all of these. And then Colorado basically had the big, uh, what is it? The, their big nuclear like facility where they direct all of the, uh, like the command, the command for all their Mm. nuclear stuff, I think was in Colorado at the time. So it was a very hot area for nuclear shit. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if there actually were aliens that they would be around this area. Well, let's think about the timeline. So if they dropped the bombs on Japan in 1945, correct? Yes. So they drop them, gets the aliens' attention, and then they start watching, I guess, the U.S. and and other countries see what they're doing with nukes. Like, the timeline kind of fits, right? Yeah, so that would make sense if... Because, I mean, obviously, there was... Dropping those bombs started the nuclear age when we kind of moved out of the, you know, the post-industrial age that we were in uh, right. after the 1800, late 1800s, early 1900s, that like post-industrial kind of age. And then all of a sudden we skyrocketed into the next stage. I wonder if that's kind of like fucking, uh, it's almost like Back to the Future when Doc throws in a new like log of that colored shit that you know, makes the fucking train go faster. Oh, I wonder yeah. if like, it's like, I wonder if it's a boiler exploding moment, you know? Could be. Very yeah. well could be. I don't know. Now, we have one more report kind of around this exact, this time, 40s, 50s here. Um, around the sites in the Nevada desert that were used to test out several of the nuclear bombs, the UFO sightings were so common that they literally had a, employees assigned to monitor the activities of the objects in the sky during the test. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to see those logs to be honest with you. Yeah, that would be pretty amazing. Um, I mean, imagine if that was your job, if <laughs> you, Just you obviously, <laughs> you obviously weren't like probably the best nuclear scientist at the facility and they're just kind of like, yeah, Bob, uh, I want you to take this clipboard and these binoculars and just kind of just look out for weird shit. You know, my, my favorite thing is when touch anything. <laughs> my favorite was when they were blowing up the bombs in the desert and people were like, what, what's going on out there? And they told them, what did they say? A munitions plant blew up. I think that was the common theme they would tell everybody. Oh yeah. Some, uh, Oh, there was an accident. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Little did they know weapons of extreme destruction were being blown up out there. Yeah. Like, why was there an earthquake? Why was there an explosion and an earthquake so bad that all of the fucking China fell off of my fucking, (laughs) out of my cabinets? Oh, no, it was, uh, yes, yeah, we have this guy and he had some chili and he just had a really big fart. So, you know. (laughs) There you go. It was your dad. That's what it was. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. And we'll jump to the 1960s and 70s. The UFO sightings were starting to pop up around Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana. I hope I said that right. Do you are you familiar with this one? Mal- Malmstrom. Yeah, Malmstrom. Uh, I've heard of it before. I don't know if it's still active, but I have heard of it. Now, why this base was interesting is this base was being used to store ICBMs or nuclear-tipped intercontinental ballistic missiles. So I, I found this like, it must have been a UFO guy who like interviewed all these soldiers who were stationed here. And it was like 20 different people talking about all their incidences from basically the 60s up till uh, like 2000s, early 2000s. So there's a lot of UFO shit that happened here. Yeah, they're, um, the same thing kind of at Minot Air Force Base. Okay, where's I don't that know one? What's that? Where's that one? Minot is in, I don't know if it's North or South Dakota, but mm, okay, it's uh, they also, I think, have... Uh, some silos. Well, it the base maintains a lot of like silos that are like in the area. So I don't know if they also. I don't know if you were going to talk about Minot also, but nope. Minot is the the one that I'm like more aware of. Gotcha. But. No, I'm not going to talk about that one. I um, yeah, we didn't. I didn't see any stories about that one. Although I'm sure if you dug deep enough, you could find some. Yeah, the Malmstrom one. I do think I knew a girl at my training uh so after basic training we go do like more training after that and one of the girls i think she actually got assigned possibly to montana but i'm not sure if it was maelstrom here's my question why do they need that that m after the l and between the s it just is like it's like a mouthful yeah, it's probably some dude's last name <laughs> who did something important enough to get a fucking base named after him. But not a nice base, one in Montana. So, You know what? Montana's beautiful. Okay, let's put that out there for international listeners. It's just full of crazy people. Yeah, and it's not... <laughs> the thing is, there's there's not a... It's a huge land area that doesn't have a lot of people living there. And that's the same thing that happens in Alaska. When you're not around a lot of people, you start going crazy. So you start buying a lot of guns and putting up a lot of fences and shit. So. Right, right. And then you dig a bunker, and then you're you're pretty much off the deep end. <laughs> now, back on this base, on, the, on a particular day in 1967, it seems the aliens decided to do something a little peculiar. According to former Air Force Captain Robert Salas, Security at the base started reporting a glowing red object, which was about 30 feet in diameter, hovering over the facility. This is when things got really weird because according to Captain Salas, all of the ICBM started going into what they call no-go condition or unlaunchable. So I, I it's just like something's triggering these things to be disa- deactivated, I guess. Yeah, that's... uh. I mean, that's the weird thing. So all of these, obviously now we have like the internet, we have all of the, like the networks that are interconnected. These old ICBM like facilities, the ones that are still in use have to be completely like taken off of all networks. They have to be completely like closed circuit. So to think that these things can be remotely deactivated or activated, it's gotta be pretty fucking scary. Because imagine yeah. if it went from because the no-go condition is scary because now America is in danger. Like like we're vulnerable. For so if if they're in no-go for like 15 minutes, that means we're vulnerable for 15 minutes. But imagine the aliens could probably also launch those fuckers. So they definitely could. Well let me get through a few more people who are stationed at this base here. Uh, according to Robert Jameson, nice Irishman there, who was yep. a USAF nuclear missile targeting officer, said there were several occasions when UFOs were spotted nearby that he would then have to go out and restart the missiles that had been deactivated, which included one time an entire flight of 10 Minutemen ICBMs which had all simultaneously and inexplicitly sh- uh, shut down right after a UFO was sighting. During this time period that Robert Jameson was here, the flight of Minutemen ICBMs had shut down together several times, 
and it seems the last sort of, uh, I don't know if you want to say attack that they had at that base, only four or five of the Minutemen ICBMs shut down uh, together. So either they have some very bad computer systems here or something's interfering with their missiles. Yeah, so I'm guessing that the flight is probably the organization that runs those 10 minute men ICBMs. I thought um, that guess- I thought that's how they were describing the series of missiles, like a flight of them. That's with the article I was reading, that's kind of what they made it sound like. Yeah, so when you're in the Air Force, mm. um you're like your the bottom group is called a flight. So like when I was in the Air Force and I was uh, vehicle maintenance, it was our vehicle maintenance flight. Okay. So okay. I think that maybe that's their organization that they control 10 Minutemen is the flight that they're in, like their small group. Okay. Their, their whole job would be to maintain and maintain the computers, maintain the nukes, and make sure everything is launch ready at like a moment's notice. So I, and at the time, their computers in the 60s at the time those computers would have been like state of the fucking art yeah it would have looked like the jetsons to us where they were (laughs) putting in fucking you know like old style fucking like discs and shit into the computers but that's what it would have looked like back then so so. are the Minutemen? that's the type of missile right or is that the yes okay that's what i okay that's what i thought i never really knew what nickname they gave to nukes but uh Minutemen kind of like that yeah, kind of goes along with the revolutionary uh, <laughs> people ready to go fight at a moment's notice, I guess. Right. Kind of. Right. It's pretty sweet. Now, in 1975, at the exact same base in Montana, Staff Sergeant Joseph M. Cassie had his own incident. The story goes that one night in the fall of 1975, Joseph heard a radio transmission from the Air Force Security Police about an unknown craft that was hovering over the base's weapon storage area. This time, two base helicopters were dispatched to chase down the unknown object, which they followed it for about 10 miles, which led them towards the town of Belt, Montana. But it was reported that the helicopters could not keep up. By the time the helicopters had neared the town of Belt, the UFO had already doubled back and returned (laughs) to the base. So the guy was like, nothing we know moves that fucking fast, you know, where it's like zoom, zoom. It didn't really say if it did anything when it returned to the base, but it just like let him out and then it came right back. So I don't really know what the hell happened. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. They uh, it's almost like they were just fucking with the helicopter pilots. Like (laughs) sometimes I wonder if these UFOs just don't fuck with people. Could be. I mean, they're just kind of flying around. Maybe they're a little bit bored. They just, you know, they just want to. That's also probably part of their mission, too, is to kind of test out, like, well, what do the humans do when we just show up? Right. Like, imagine that could be their whole fucking, like, objective. People are like, oh, they're they're going there to shut down the missiles to tell us that the missiles are bad, blah, blah, blah. It's what if they're just going to the military and being like, I wonder... I wonder how the ants would scramble if we <laughs> turned off the nukes. How, what would they do? What are what is the first thing that they do? Do they think that do they think that another colony of ants is attacking them or do they do they just turn them back on? Like how do how do the how do the animals react when we rattle their cage, you know? Just intergalactic trolls, I guess, or interdimensional trolls, that's what we should say there. Yeah, I mean, it's just gathering intelligence really, if you think right. about it. Very true. Very true. Now, as I mentioned, this guy's article that he had was like goes all the way into the 2000s. Um, But it seems like after the initial shutdown of the nukes in the late 60s, early 70s, those pretty much stopped. And it was more or less just the bases would see lights or crafts or shapes in the sky. And the more interesting thing is there were reports of cattle mutilation being found around in the proximity of the base again i don't know why they do that but it's just kind of like all in that little spectrum when it comes to like multiple ufo sightings you have people seeing light shapes and then you start having fucking cows chopped to pieces yeah it could be i don't know it might be of course they if these things are fucking super intelligent fucking possibly robots come here you know sent on a mission to do whatever then we're not gonna like understand 
what they're trying to do mm. probably because it's like beyond our understanding you know we could probably understand like the basics of it like if they had to explain it to us they could just be like oh we were testing blah 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 or trying to figure out blah 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 but right. like the deeper meanings you know it could be fucking they might be worried about us what we're gonna do in a thousand years like okay so if these guys have nuclear weapons you know this kind of goes into what i was talking about before but if these guys have nuclear weapons now in a thousand years they might get the fucking like a neutron bomb that fucking blows up a star right so, or a nova bomb that blows up a star what are they gonna do when they have that weapon you know wouldn't that be scary yeah, what, real, what like, are they going to do when they can challenge us? Yeah, so. yikes. Maybe uh, maybe cows are the secret to unlocking interdimensional travel. Maybe that's what they're trying to tell us. Or maybe they're looking <laughs> into, like, you know, well, all, like, the genes of all animals on this planet, and they're trying to figure out, you know, something like, send a fucking, like, a virus or something that only kills humans and not the animal life on earth you know wow like imagine covid but if you know covid was super dangerous that like like something really bad that only affects humans (laughs) that would be terrifying but yeah but uh let's move on here now i want to keep in mind this next one i'm going to talk about we're kind of just going to glaze over because again i think the uh we'll probably turn this into a whole episode and that's being of course the bentwaters rendlesham forest incident which is contains you know UFOs and nukes, obviously. At the Royal Air Force Bentwaters Base in England, they were holding a secret stash of nuclear weapons within 25 fortified underground bunkers, which to me adds, like I said, to the mystery of how the hell did the fucking UFOs aliens know they were in there, because nobody was supposed to know they were in there, and apparently the whole thing was just there for... Cold War scaring or scare, I guess, right? So they'd be ready to attack if the Russians, commies, did anything. Yeah, well, it was called, I think, the nuclear shield. Like the if mm. the Ruskies attacked, so if the Ruskies ever sent their fucking, you know, caravans of tanks across Europe to go take out Western Germany and France, and then eventually, you know, England and all the other countries, then basically. The Russians won't want to do that because they know that America has all of these nukes strategically set there. up yeah. everywhere, like yeah. in Canada, Greenland, you know, or North America, really the uh, like Montana, like Montana, North, South Dakota. They have them in fucking, you know, they had them in Turkey at one point. Wow. Um, Jesus. OK. Which is right next to Russia. So that's yeah. one of the things that um, got us out of the Cuban Missile Crisis was us taking away our nukes out of Turkey. Because you got to imagine how, like, America didn't want nukes in Cuba, so they obviously didn't want nukes right on their doorstep either. So Right, right. I figured it was because JFK was just so handsome. They had to take him away. <laughs> they just, like, they just agreed. <laughs> they got one look at JFK, and they're like, oh, sorry, sir. We're just we're he, just going to back he's off. Too da- he's too damn handsome to be uh, starting a war with. Yeah, you, sir, you're you're just too confident. Like, here, please have sex with my wife, please. I, I beg you, please. No, so, um, yeah, I have actually, I've heard a lot about this story. Um, I would imagine that those UFO, like the alien craft or the future humans, whatever they are, I imagine that they have kind of like on Star Trek where they have like sensors that mm. are able to like go through, like they can sense things like on the other side of like, you know, feet of cement and lead and whatnot so i imagine that they could probably figure out that oh yeah there's uh that bomb in there has a nuclear core right besides it's conventional explosives right it's very true what if well i'm gonna bring up that theory at the very end here now the story begins in late december of 1980 when a u.s air force air traffic controller named ivan barker noticed something peculiar on his radar scope. According to Ivan, who was an 18-year veteran at that time, he had seen every aircraft that the U.S., NATO, and the Soviet bloc had at the time, and the object that he was picking up was covering a distance of 120 miles in a matter of seconds. So he had no idea what sort of vehicle could move that fucking fast. 
Yeah, so he was probably used to seeing like those little dots on his screen taking forever to get to, from one side to the other. I imagine that that fucking little dot was just zooming across <laughs> his screen. Probably fucking shit his pants. After 18 years seeing the same shit every single day, and all of a sudden it's just like a fucking, might as well be a meteorite coming into Earth. That's I, what you're picking up. God, I mean, would you immediately go to like, are we under attack right now? Um, In my mind, I don't know about, like, the thing is, 18-year veteran, his training probably took over. Oh, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. So... His training was probably like, be calm, call this in, figure it out, you know? Mm. I wonder how many anomaly, like, just errors or anomalies show up on the radar, or is it pretty accurate? Those radars? Um, I know that the, er, what, what year was this, 1980? They would have gotten better, mm. but I know that early radar had a hard time uh, figuring out, like, stuff that was closer to the ground, gotcha. and also distinguishing, like, large flights of birds and an aircraft so i know that they have like better shit now obviously Mm -hmm. but at the time before well even i suppose 1980 trying to think when top gun was but (laughs) late uh, late 80s right late 80s i'm pretty sure that by 1980 they would have been better than they were during like the 60s Mm. and 70s so well, eventually, Ivan was able to witness it with his own eyes. The craft moved into a close range and stopped directly over the waters, over the base's water tower. Ivan would describe the object being shaped like a basketball with portholes around the center that were emanating lights. Size-wise, he claims it was as big as a city block and stood about 1,500 to 2,000 feet high. And after just a few seconds of witnessing the craft, it just fucking disappeared. So, Jesus, uh, that's a big, that's a big object, isn't it? Yeah, they sent the fucking mm, sounds like a death, sounds like a Death Star. <laughs> yeah, they, I was about to say that too. They sent the mothership yeah. into the fucking atmosphere, which you you don't usually hear a lot about. Normally, there's smaller ships. That's like Independence Day. Those yeah. big ass ships they sent into the atmosphere. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. I don't know. It's yeah. just such a weird. I don't know. Maybe if it was hovering there with the lights, maybe it was disorienting him where he couldn't tell how big it actually was. But I don't know. That's pretty goddamn big. Yeah, that is. You would. I don't know why it would like just park itself over the base. But I mean, if it's we don't know how many different groups of aliens there are or groups like, cause you always hear about different sort of craft, different, you know, they could be from fucking different galaxies, different fucking dimensions, different times. We have no idea. So, I mean, everyone's like, Oh, that's not how a UFO acts that they act like this or blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, not every single army on earth acts the exact same or responds the same way. Very true. Very true. They just, yeah. Who knows why, this basketball shaped, I mean, Patrick Ewing could have been, you know, this would have been, he would have been a teenager at the time, obviously looking like a 60 year old man, but maybe the aliens are just dropping him off. They just dropped him off there on his way to have a great fucking NBA career. <laughs> okay. Now I like, as we're talking about, I believe I know why the craft stopped there because after that initial sighting from what I could tell in this brief synopsis here is when Colonel Charles Halt, who was the deputy commander commander at the base, had his own experience. Now, Halt was on patrol that night to investigate strange colored lights that were seen descending into the Rendlesham Forest. Halt would later report seeing a red light moving horizontally through the trees. As he got closer, Halt then claimed that a laser-like beam landed about 10 to 15 feet away from his location. The object had fired the beam, then flew off north towards the base. According to Halt, this is when he began hearing chatter coming through the radio, claiming that the beam that had shot near him went directly into the weapon's storage area. Obviously, we're not certain if the UFO had disarmed the nuclear weaponry, but we do know that after this whole incident, the base commander halted any further investigation. Now, as mentioned, that's a light glazing over it. There's a lot of other shit that transpired, but the main point is it seems like they spotted the craft first, 
The craft went into the forest, shot, I'm assuming, some sort of disarming beam or something to affect the weaponry and then took off. And obviously the commander's like, don't ever bring this up again. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, shit. You got to think these are all career fucking, you know, Air Force officers. Yeah. They don't want this shit getting on their record. They don't want OSI coming to talk to them, asking them about like, well, you know, were you on any fucking drugs at the time? Like, what are you into? Are you, you know, now what are you fucking some airman too? You know, that- they don't want any, they don't want any further because bullshit fucking when it starts rolling, it gathers up more bullshit. So, well, from, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you listened to the last podcast on the left episode about this. Wasn't mm. the alcohol and drugs a big part of them discrediting what the, uh, the other soldiers saw that night or whatever yeah well i think that colonel had just come from a christmas party yeah and they were talking about i know they were like doing you know obviously they're not supposed to be doing drugs they're you know military officers and all that shit but it also everyone was doing drugs back then (laughs) like fuck it you know well i think so if i remember it it was just pot i think well, yeah, but back then, what were their fucking during the Reagan mm-hmm. years? What were their views on fucking marijuana? True, true. Like, but I'm I'm they, saying as far as it actually affecting what they saw, I you don't usually trip balls or anything off of weed. No, but I mean, what did those? They were probably the fucking square, you know, military types that right. you think of, especially the people who would be like discrediting this or investigating this. Mm-hmm. So if they know if they think there's any kind of drug use, even just marijuana, they're going to think that they were tripping balls like they were on acid. Right. So, yeah, I, th- I th- see that kind of leads me to believe that high ups in the military are aware that these, whatever they are, UFOs, aliens do this type of thing, but they just want to kind of like, yeah, they mess with them, but we can fix it. Let's just sweep it under the rug and not talk about it. Well, also, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So it's right. kind of one of those deals where, yeah, we know that the floor, like, so say if you work in a shop and there's, you know, like the the floor has stuff kind of like like paint. Say there's paint all over the floor. It's like, and it's too late to clean it up. It's like, well, what do we do? Well, it's not hurting anything. There's nothing really we can do about it unless we do something major. So let's just leave it. It looks fine. <clears throat> like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a bad fucking because you can just paint over it. But whatever. Yeah. It's a bad analogy. I, but you kind of. Get it. Yeah. Some like it's out of their control anyway. They're not going to stop them. Yep. Just let them deactivate the missiles and move on with your day, I guess. Yeah. It's not a problem yet. So. Right. Fuck it. Kind of like with my car. Like I need new fucking, I need new shocks and new fucking tie rod ends, but it's not a problem yet. So I'm just, you know, I'm going to let it go until I need a new car. It will be soon. Yeah. Oh, I know. (laughs) Now, the following event is really interesting because it deals with the U.S. Navy starting the disclosure of UFOs last year. We talked about this in our year end episode last year. According to several F-8 fighter pilots aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt between the summer of 2014 and the spring of 2015, they spotted several UFOs or UAPs, unidentified aerial uh, phenomena, which they are calling them now, almost on a Almost on a daily basis during the flights between Virginia and Florida, the objects that the soldiers spotted came in three shapes. Some were disc-shaped, some were more cube, a cube inside of a sphere, which is kind of a weird shape, and some were just like really small, but they were flying in a distinct pattern. Now, how this connects to the overarching theme of the episode is that the USS Theodore Roosevelt was a nuclear-powered ship, so... I don't know if they would be interested in that or if they're interested in the extensive amount of munitions the ship was carrying. So do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of another loose connection to aliens and nuclear technology, I guess. Maybe they're worried the ship could, I I guess, fucking explode or something. And then you have a big problem in the ocean. 
Yeah, I uh, I'm not sure about that. I will say so. We were you were talking about the shapes of the UFOs, right? And the cube inside of a sphere always kind of. When I first heard of that, I always thought of that old biblical, um, the ancient aliens used to talk about when the the biblical sightings of UFOs, yeah, and the- it was almost like a, a a pilot sitting inside of a platform inside of like these two gears that were going around it. It always makes me think of that for some reason. The the one that's in the painting. Yeah, the one that's in the painting. Yeah. The ancient the ancient uh well not ancient, but the artist depiction of like what this could be. Right. So the the like what do they call those? The gyro? Gyro oh, gyro. The, the gyro thingy. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Um I I had to learn about what a nuclear powered ship was because I had never really heard of that before, but it I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it's essentially a nuclear power plant inside the ship that's like <laughs> powering it. Yes, yes. So it's um, aircraft carriers and subs are nuclear powered. Really? Um, there are so the there are so there also are uh, like not ships as big as you know aircraft carriers, but it's mostly for like the larger ships. The ones that need to be, and the good thing about it is they can be out sea. They can be out at sea without having to fuel up. So all they need to carry is food and supplies, and they can be out at sea for months and months, like those submarines. <sighs> I'm surprised there's never been like a accident with any of them. Um, they are worried. So there were some Russian subs that had sunk. Mm. There was one I think about a decade ago, and it was nuclear powered. They were worried about that reactor they were Ooh. trying to when they were trying to recover that sub ah that's uh that's not good we don't need radiation in the ocean <laughs> yeah well any more than there already is after the fukushima fucking... I, was, I was just gonna say that um we'll have to do an episode on that sometime because that is uh it's bad it's still spilling into the fucking ocean nobody talks about it anymore but i don't I, they might have cleaned it up by now but i know the last time i heard it it was still spilling. You could actually see the plume from space coming out of Japan and into the ocean. Oh, that's not good. That's definitely yeah. not. I only I remember they I heard people talking about uh, they're finding like fish with like stage five cancer and stuff uh, in yeah. Cal- on like the shores of California and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they need to fix that problem. But I got a few. Enjoy qu- Enjoy your sushi, people. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a few final questions for you here, Phil, that I would like you to answer. Do you? Right. Th- you've kind of talked about it, but do you think the UFOs or aliens have an interest in humanity's nuclear weapons or facilities? Um, yes, okay. but because it's for the reason of like the ones I've given before, like the you wouldn't give a lighter to a toddler, right? Like you wouldn't. They don't trust. We're I mean, if you really think about like what these creatures or you know beings are, they're they're highly advanced. They they couldn't possibly want you know to them. We're basically just slightly more evolved fucking gorillas. <laughs> like we wouldn't even be we wouldn't even register on their on their scales of intelligence probably. So now, so you think they're probably doing it. So we don't hurt ourselves, more or less. Well, I'm I'm thinking that they're either playing that they don't give a fuck about us. Um, I'm thinking it's more of what happens in a thousand years when we become a threat to them. Right, right. I so, could see that too. Unless they don't want us to destroy. I'm just kind of thinking: Do they not want us to destroy Earth because Earth has so many good resources that maybe they want? Um, I mean, Earth isn't we're finding out every single day like there's uh there's all of these satellites we have now that are um, finding earth-like exoplanets we're finding out more and more every day that earth isn't exactly it's it's not as rare as we thought it was you know every like more and more we're finding more (laughs) but i mean it is a nice place but i don't think it's the most i think that human i think that intelligent life is much more rare than a planet with a lot of resources. Right. Is what I'm getting to. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh sometimes we forget pretty big galaxy out there. A lot of uh yeah. a lot of a lot of planets out there. There's it's a big galaxy, it's an even bigger universe, and 
it might be an even bigger megaverse and that megaverse might be inside of fucking multiple dimensions <laughs> of more megaverses so we're not i mean earth might not be special in the slightest you know now i i read this question from my research and it kind of struck me now two things here why did okay did Nag- hiroshima nagasaki bring the aliens attention that we had nuclear arms uh, or did they know beforehand and why wouldn't they have stopped that from happening if they are disarming nuclear weaponry um it could be i'm going to mention star trek again there could be like a prime directive that they have to gotcha. not interfere gotcha. because they know like their interference even like a slight interference would i'm um, okay so like the roswell thing say that a ufo really did crash in roswell that seems like a slight little thing like oh one of our fucking one of our one of our craft went down the problem is what if humans took that craft and all of a sudden jumped 50 years in technology just from that tiny little flight that went wrong and now humans have 50 plus years information that they can reverse engineer even though even though like the humans probably like can't fucking figure out how the engine works maybe there's something little in the radios that they figure out or maybe there's something little in the stabilizers that they figure out and all of a sudden they jump 50 years like we did basically we had this huge jump in like the 50s and 60s well the i remember that one documentary i watched i cannot remember it's the french guy who claims he's been abducted a whole bunch of times according to him there's basically two species that kind of fuck with Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And the greys in them have to follow, like you said, a prime directive where they're not allowed to interfere with Earth under this like galactic order or whatever. But the reptilians are like the bad ones that don't listen to it and constantly fuck with humanity or Earth or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's whoever's telling the story, <laughs> really. Who are the bad guys? Like some people think there's three camps I, that I've really heard. Greys are the good guys and they're being, they're more like drones and they're being led by the tall greys right. that are like the scientists or the, you know, their leaders. There's also the ones that say the greys are an army of fucking robot zombies who <laughs> are basically just stealing humans and testing them and, you know, doing whatever they want. Then there's also like this third camp where uh what was the third one and then there is a third camp but i actually just i was trying to remember it and i had a total fucking brain fart (laughs) so i'll have to remember that we actually just paused for like five minutes so i could try to remember but i just completely fucking forgot it i think the it was weird i think the aliens are blocking you because they don't want you spreading that information that could have been the that could have been the real one. Yeah, that is uh, it's so weird. I just totally fucking forgot it. But. <laughs> well, like we said, maybe we'll bring this back up on our Patreon that we're going to record tomorrow and release later this week. And then maybe you'll uh, uh, remember it or actually you'll probably be hearing the Patreon before you hear this episode. I'm forgetting what date we're on. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I hope uh, everybody maybe this is more of a thought provoking episode, maybe made you think a little bit. I'm on the camp. I think that I'm a little more hopeful that the aliens aren't evil. I think Phil's more of the cynic that thinks they might be a little more nefarious. But uh, hopefully we got a few weeks left here. Maybe they'll show up and uh, uh, let us know what uh, their intentions truly are. But uh, if anybody wants to email us or contact us about their theories on aliens and their interest in nuclear weaponry, where can they do that, Phil? They can hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's always great to hear from people who listen to the show. Uh, love love getting those, you know, those emails. Uh, they can also visit the website that has links to get in contact with us. Also, a uh, link for our Patreon, and it has our page on there, obviously, right along with Bumblebutt Podcast. Uh, that site, to get to that, is www.subliminaldeception.com. Uh, you can also hit us up. Probably the easiest way to get a hold of us, though, is the Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast. Uh, always great to hear from people on that, also. Uh, we also post weekly, get a lot of, you know, a lot of great likes and comments from people, so thank you for those. Cody and I also have our own 
Instagrams. Mine's sdpodphil. I hardly ever use it. Uh, I'm trying to get the. I'm trying to get that password back. So we'll figure it out. Zuckerberg's not giving it up, Phil. I'm not giving up. Nope. Uh, Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at Cody'sabub. Sometimes I post stories uh, in my stories, conspiracy stuff when I'm not busy working now. Uh, The last thing we need you guys to do is if you are an iTunes listener, please leave the show a five star review. Doesn't matter what you say, just type whatever the fuck you want in there. If you listen on Spotify, you just hit that follow button and you will be updated when we drop our newest episodes. Otherwise, guys, I hope you all enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.